Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast, the audio version of our Facebook Live series, Art Talk Tuesday. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and I am so excited that you're here to catch the weekly replay of my laid-back yet very inspiring conversations with other full-time professional artists. The purpose of this series is to show aspiring artists like you that it is completely possible to make a great career out of this art thing. And if you ever want to join us live and have your questions answered in real time by myself or featured guests, then just hop over to facebook.com groups slash artist academy every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'll see you there. This episode is sponsored by the Artist Academy Advanced Membership, a program for artists who want to up-level their art game by taking it from a hobby or a side hustle to a full-time art business. I've been a professional artist for over five years with paintings in several different countries and a client list that includes high-profile companies such as Bass Pro, O'Reilly's, Duck Commander, and many, many more. So I figured out what it takes to build an art business, and now my heart is set on teaching aspiring artists like you to do the same. Go to advancedmember.com, that's advancedmember.com to learn more. This week's interview was a little different than normal, meaning due to some time constraints, I actually recorded it live inside of a turkey blind. (laughs) But not just that, but Brooke was in the middle of a residency in Vienna, Austria, so being that far away, there were a little hiccups on the audio side. I could have edited out the imperfections, but my philosophy is that done is better than perfect, and I didn't want to cut out any of what Brooke had to say. She makes some very realistic and honest points about what it takes to be a full-time artist. I love how talkative she is and how she really elaborates on her techniques and daily practices. Let me know what you think about this week's interview with Brooke Cormier. Okay. If you just want to start with just um, introducing yourself to people who might not know who you are, I think most of us do, but... Okay, totally. Okay, so hopefully this works and the connection is good. But um, so I'm Brooke Cormier, and I'm 25 years old. Well, I'm turning 25 in a couple weeks. And um, I'm a full time artist. And um, so I started working as a painter full time in September 2016. Um, But before that, I uh, I went to school for landscape architecture at the University of Guelph, and that was a four-year-long program. Um, And a lot of people ask me, like, why didn't I go into visual arts in university? Um, And it's just because of all these stresses of being a starving artist and, you know, um, everybody kind of, like, encouraging me to take, like, the safer route and that kind of thing. So um, I found landscape architecture when I was um, in the 12th grade, and it was a really good combination of, like... um, design and creativity and that kind of thing so I thought that that would be like a healthy medium for me so I did um for yeah (laughs) and it was it was a really great program and I still got to draw all of my perspective drawings and things like that so that was good um but yeah then at the end of my um 
Well, it was actually in my third year that I kind of started rethinking what I wanted to do. And um, I had been doing um, commissioned work kind of throughout university here and there. Some people would ask me um, to paint, you know, like their family members or their dogs and stuff. And so I was kind of doing like that as a little side hustle while I was in university. Um, And then it was in... um, Yeah, in my third year of university, so that was 2015, that I did um, a a painting for my grandfather for, um, and it was like a scene from up at my cottage, all the rapids, like the white water coming down and stuff. And there was a lot of people on the lake that was really interested in it. So, um, so I decided to make prints. And that's when I met my mentor, Tim Packer, because yeah. he, um, yeah, he, so he's a professional artist for those of you who don't know him. Um, he's, uh, yeah, so he does like beautiful landscape paintings and stuff. And he's a very successful artist. And so my dad actually golfs with him. And he was saying, oh, what? sorry, <laughs> I, <laughs> I literally oh, no. taped my phone to this thing, oh. so the tape is just coming up. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> technical totally difficulties yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. it kind of makes it okay. more real, though. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, anyways, yeah. So basically, um, I took, uh, or my dad was asking him, "Oh, where do you get your prints done?" And he said that he does his own and that he would be willing to do mine for like a way better price than anyone else was offering me. So that's when I met him. And then we just started talking about, um, you know, my aspirations and stuff. And I kind of confided in him that maybe I didn't want to be a landscape architect, but actually a painter. And he kind of, yeah. And he, and he was really awesome and like told me, you know, like he kind of stood as this influence about like how he's disproving the whole starving artist stereotype and how like it can be a viable career option and that kind of thing. And he was the one that kind of like talked to my parents and said, you know, like, I know it's scary for your daughter to like disregard her education and like go into a completely opposite direction but like you know like and so they they were supportive um of me and then yeah I started painting full-time in the fall after I graduated and I never looked back so that's amazing (laughs) good thing that that's awesome that you had like um a mentor in that way to kind of like almost convince your parents too because I remember yeah my dad always like pushed me into it but in the back of his head he was like Ugh, like yeah that's always <laughs> exactly exactly but yeah, yeah it was uh, so I'm really ha- happy that I met him because he's a huge influence on on my career and kind of like showing me that I can do this and everything so that's yeah amazing. that's awesome yeah mm. I I can like picture him in my mind because I've watched him on YouTube so many times yeah (laughs) yeah totally yeah okay so we can get into some questions now and guys be thinking of some questions you want to ask her and then we'll get to that at the end um so I get so the first question I asked her is what is the tipping point that took you from hobby to professional artist you kind of answered that a little bit um yeah yeah yeah. I would say that it was probably those prints and and then meeting Tim and then him kind of like convincing me that it yeah it could happen (laughs) that's awesome and I feel like that like this question is so different for everyone so it's so interesting to see or to hear yours and everybody else's answers let's see Mm -hmm. what makes up your typical work day how and how many hours do you spend painting so you're currently in Vienna yeah yes yeah (laughs) yeah so um right now it's 
yeah, 7.15. And I finished painting around um, five-ish. So um, typically, I my work days vary (laughs) from day to day, like what I'm actually doing. But in general, um, I'm painting and I usually try to paint for at least four hours a day. Um, And sometimes it's less if other things come up and sometimes it's like way more. It just kind of depends on what flow I'm going with that day. Yeah. Um, But there's painting and then, yeah, so managing my social media as well. So that's just like creating content and posting and editing photos and um, like responding to comments and things like that. Um, and that takes up a lot of my time. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you <laughs> would be able to. <laughs> attest well, yeah, to that but, as well. Yeah, but you had like, okay, guys, she has almost almost 150 thousand. Like that just like blows my mind. I like <laughs> I spend a lot of time on it right now, and I'm not even to 50 yet. So it's like I couldn't yeah. imagine that time three or whatever. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's so cool. Well, I think that also I just I I feel like I got lucky as well because um. I don't think we any all of do that in would our have, own ways. Yeah, in our own ways, exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was like, um, so the summer after I started painting full time, I had just finished making this, um, the biggest painting that I had done yet. It was um, uh, 30 by 48 inches. So it was pretty big. And um, I took a picture next to it and somebody um, posted this picture on Reddit and said like Bob Ross would be proud or like something like that and then and then it just like blew up like it, it ended up being on the front page of Reddit and I had like all of my all these people that I hadn't talked to in ages being like oh my god you're on the front page of Reddit and I was like I don't even know what Reddit is like what's the know, yeah. <laughs> but um yeah and that ended up like taking my social media I think I had um I had like 1,700 followers, and then over the course of the week, I got up to like 18,000 or something. It was like really drastic, and then wow. um, yeah, and then it just kept like climbing and climbing. So I was really lucky with that. Like thanks to whoever posted that on Reddit because I think I owe you a lot. But um, that's so yeah, cool, so, though. You went you went viral. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what it's Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's but, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So then, um, so yeah, a lot goes into like managing my social media on a day-to-day basis and also like updating my website, answering emails. Um, yeah, at home I was doing a lot of, um, my own prints. Well, at a time I was doing my own prints and then, um, I got, it's actually, um, Tim Packer, his son has taken over the entire like, um, printing side of his business. And so he was doing the prints for me. So then it was like a lot of, okay, driving to go pick up my prints and then driving those to the framers and getting them to like frame or stretch things. And so like a lot of driving around, um, and also like, going and buying my artistic materials here and then but (laughs) yeah and then also just like planning ahead like I always spend every morning with my day planner and I just kind of like write down everything that I need to accomplish over the day and smart yeah (laughs) (laughs) except sometimes it can be discouraging when you only tick off like one part of it but (laughs) progress yes progress nonetheless Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I was gonna so I mentioned in the email, I was like, do you have any social media tips for people? Maybe like, I guess you're you're, you're pretty consistent, it sounds like. Or like- yeah, I think that consistency is like a huge part of it. Because um, 
Yeah, like you want to stay relevant in your social media. So um, I try to post like once a day or like one, at least once every two days um, and just like keep up with it. And then, you know, like all the algorithms and stuff are always changing, but um, it's good to try and keep up with that. Like, you know, like uh, respond to comments within the first hour is the most important and things like that. And, and yeah, just um, posting Instagram stories, which I think that I could probably improve on a little. I usually all forgot to could, do that. I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that and yeah, using hashtags, like, at first, I didn't really see the relevance of hashtags, but um, as your audience grows, then I think that it's um, it's more useful to use hashtags because, like, the more engagement that your post gets, then the higher on the hashtag page your post will get, and then it'll be seen by more people and things like that. And yeah. um, so when I started, when I first started my social media, um, and I only had like, I don't know, 300 followers or something. And I was looking at a lot of like these art featuring accounts where they would, um, yeah, you would just like ask them and maybe they would do it for free, but usually they would ask you for money. And yep. um, so... <laughs> Yeah, I've done that before and I don't see any shame in it because I think like it's just paying for advertising. So um, so I tried that for like I think three different ones. It was like, oh, pay like $15 a post or something and they're going to, you know, and, and if they have like 400,000 followers or, or more or even less, then like still it's good exposure. So I was doing that. Um, when I first started my account, I, um, now I guess it's not extremely necessary because I find yeah. like the more followers that you get, like even art featuring accounts will post your stuff without even you asking, yeah. which is nice. Yeah. So um, that and so yeah, do you I find just... yeah do you find um, sorry uh, most of your customers come from Instagram since you do have such a large audience. Uh, yeah, I would say that the majority of them come from Instagram and Facebook as well. So on Facebook, I have um, like 20,000 followers. And I find that on Facebook, it's also like a little bit of an older demographic, like not a lot of people or I find that, you know, like grandparents and stuff are like more on Facebook than they are on Instagram. And that's kind of, you know, like I can see uh, the demographics on my Instagram page is like mostly um, ages, you know, 18 to 24 and 25 to 30, whatever, you know, like that age range, it, yeah. which is good, but it's also not exactly like a, um, the time in people's lives where they're willing to spend a lot of money on like original paintings and things like that. So, so true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I find that on Facebook is kind of like more people who are at that stage in their life. But, um, but a lot of people still, a lot of my customers come from Instagram, but I also have, um, yeah, I have my website and then, um, my online store. And I guess I just direct people from, my social media pages to my website so yeah <laughs> yeah that's amazing that's it yeah I, mm. I love your insight from that that's amazing thank you for sharing that mm. no problem <laughs> awesome okay so we can move on to let's see oh if you could talk us through your painting process are there methods or techniques that you picked up through the years I noticed that you did an underlayer uh was red on your recent on one of your recent paintings maybe something like that right yeah, so, um, and that's actually a technique that Tim taught me, and um, he does that for, like, all of his paintings, this really, um, like, deep, 
bright red for um, his like first layer. He tones his paintings that color before he starts. Um, and so, yeah, I never really did underpaintings when I first started. And um, yeah, I've just grown accustomed to doing them over the years because I find that it's really helpful um, to kind of lay out the composition first um, with your underpainting before you actually start the real painting. So then it kind of leaves less room for error when you go in with like the actual paint. Um, so, but typically for my painting process, I will choose photos. Um, and usually I work from photos, like my own photography. So I take my camera everywhere whenever I'm traveling and stuff. And, and like sometimes when I'm just walking to the park or whatever, and I'm always taking pictures. And then when I find something that kind of like strikes a inspirational chord in me, then I'll, then I'll keep it in like a certain folder. And then like, yeah, I'll, I'll end up painting it when the time comes. And so, um, yeah, so then I work from my own photography. And if I'm not doing that, then I'll be doing like still life paintings where I'll set up the composition like in front of me and then get the lighting and everything. And then, um, yeah, paint from that, which I also really like is still life paintings. Um, so, yeah, so then usually when I start, um, I'll buy my canvas and then I'll prime it with gesso and I'll do either like one to two layers of that. And that's just to help the paint actually bind to the canvas without kind of like soaking into the weave of it. And, um, so I'll do that. And then I will tone the entire canvas like a certain color. So in the last painting or the one that I'm working on right now, which is this, I don't know, this, uh, castle painting very very <laughs> Austrian yes very Austrian <laughs> indeed um but so I I toned the canvas um red because um the most dominant color in the painting is green because there's like oh. a lot of green landscape around and so you want to try and do like complementary colors so I did red because it's complementary colors green and um yeah, so then I kind of let a little bit of that like shine through throughout the painting so that it's kind of remaining or it's giving like this kind of overall harmonious consistency throughout. And um, yeah, and so I either paint in oils or acrylics. This one is acrylics and usually I'll do that for like realism. I like to use acrylics for realism just because it dries quicker and I'm more comfortable with it and um yeah, it's easier to like layer as opposed yeah. to oils where you have to wait a long time. Um, so yeah, and then I just basically work in layers. Like I'll start off with um, usually working from like darker colors to lighter colors and like more broad shapes to more fine shapes. And that's, yeah. And then after I'm finished my painting, then I'll wire the back of it and I'll varnish it and hopefully sell it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Vanessa mm -hmm. had a question. She said, oh, what's your favorite medium and brand to paint with? So is acrylic your favorite medium? Yeah. Oh, that's a hard question because <laughs> I, I love them both for like, I love oil and I love acrylic, but for different reasons. So it's hard for me to say that I have a favorite. I would say that I am more comfortable with acrylics because I've been painting with them for a longer time. And and my favorite brand of acrylics is um, Golden, and I like the heavy body Golden acrylics because I find that they uh, dry a little bit more slower, and I like the like the um, 
the consistency of it. It's a bit thicker, so it's more like oil paint kind of, and I like that about it. Um, so that's my favorite uh, acrylic brand. But for oils, I work with um, water-soluble oils and the Windsor & Newton variety. So, okay, um, yeah. Yeah, so, and actually that's what um, Tim uses too. He introduced them to me, and, um, and they're just really great because you don't need, like, turpentine and stuff to, like, wash your brushes. And you can just wash it with, like, water and soap. And um, But it still has, like, the same pigments and consistency as regular oil paint. So, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I, I might have to try that. The under layer tip was pretty good. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, we have a question right here. Um, also, Ryan, my fiancé, he, he commented. So, um his mom and dad, my future in-laws are actually going to be in Vienna on this weekend. <laughs> and so oh my I was gosh, like, what? This weekend? Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I was telling oh, about wow. I was you and you're in Vienna. And I was like, yeah, they just mentioned it. I was like, that's so cool. So yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> so uh, Bonnie says, how do you work with customers? Like, do you get half of front uh, or payment or any other routine to know? Right. So um, yeah, for... Um, commissions, I will give the customer the option of paying usually like 50% um, up front. And then, and then usually how it works is I will finish um, the painting and then I'll send them a picture of it. If they're not like in my immediate local area, which yeah. usually they aren't. <laughs> so then I'll send them a photo, like a high quality photo via um, email and say like, this is the final product. But if there's anything that you want me to change, then um, like, let me know now and I'll change it and then I'll varnish it and send it to you. And, and I've never had anyone say that they want any, anything changed. So that's good. <laughs> and that's nice. um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Um, and then like, usually they'll just say, yeah, okay, that's great. And then that's when they will pay the, like the other 50% of the cost and then I'll ship it to them. And that's usually how it works. Um, and then as for the ones that aren't commissioned, they just pay everything up front and I, and I give it to them. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. And, and I think I, oh, no problem, Bonnie. And <laughs> I think I've kind of had to learn that the hard way because um, at first I wasn't charging 50% um, of the cost at, at the beginning. And I was just waiting for like, you know, I would do the entire painting and then um, get paid in full at the end. Um, but I wouldn't recommend doing that because sometimes, uh, well, I had an experience where like a, I finished the painting and um and I ended up, like, waiting for, I don't know, like, three weeks for them to, like, actually pay me for it. And that's kind of, like, a nervous time. Like, I knew that they weren't just going to not pay me, but it was kind of like, okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you want to be paid on time. So having that 50% up front is definitely, I would recommend it if you're doing commissioned work. Great advice. It's such a, a, mm -hmm. a live and learn thing, too. I know. I've had a couple of jobs I've waited a while to pay and I was like live and learn this is never happening again <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> let's see um what is the one thing you don't like to paint without well um I would say that I don't like to paint without my Masterson Stawet palette I can show you a picture yeah um, yeah, or I mean, not a picture, but I can actually show you. So this is the palette that I use when I, this is what it looks like. Okay. And then 
Yeah, and basically it's just like a Tupperware, and it has like a um, – that's my palette on the inside. <laughs> but it has a sponge, and it has like this special paper that basically keeps your acrylics wet for like – a really long time if you know how to use it right and I need it <laughs> because yeah. like for instance like this this castle painting that I've been working on um I've been working on this for like two weeks and I it takes a long time for me to mix my palette and I want to make sure that the paints don't dry out <laughs> and so this has been keeping the paints wet for like two weeks already and um, yeah so I don't have to worry about like remixing them all the time so that's definitely and I have like three of these palettes because I just love them so much yeah. definitely recommend them <laughs> uh, what, what is it again because I'm going to get that I'm gonna get that yeah <laughs> it's called the Masterson and then stay wet. So it's like, I think it's stay. supposed to be a play on like stay wet, but it's S-T-A-W-E-E-T. Yeah. Yeah. W-E-T. Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. I'm definitely yeah. looking for that on Amazon right after this. Yes. Yeah. It's really great. So that and, and um, always a ponytail because I like to keep my hair up when I'm painting. Yeah. And I usually always have a pot of tea on the go. <laughs> I like to drink tea while I paint too. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not really a coffee drinker. I'm like, but tea like all day. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for sharing those tips. I'm actually really excited to go get one of those because I get paint. Paint dries out so fast. Like acrylics are my favorite yeah. too. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, are there any lessons you've learned the hard way with painting? So maybe, I don't even know. Yeah, so um, I would say probably, like, the commission thing. Yeah. Um, like, the collecting the deposit ahead of time. That's, I had to learn the hard way. Um, also, there was an instance, um, like, back when I, it was actually with the exact same picture, painting that went viral. I had, um, I had brought it to um, an outdoor art festival and I had just finished painting it, and apparently it wasn't completely dry yet, even though I thought it was. And um, so I, it actually sold. It was hanging in my tent, and then it sold at the festival, and I was so excited about it. And then, but um, I told them that I wanted to take it home so I could have it professionally photographed so that I had the opportunity to make prints in the future. Um, and they were really cool about it and said, yeah, for sure. Um, and then it had been like hanging um, and it was like hot that day. And so I guess like the the paint kind of um, became a little more tacky and it wasn't as dry as I thought it was. And then I bubble rafted at the end of the day and brought it home. And then I brought it over to Tim's to have it photographed and for prints. And we took the bubble wrap off and like there was like little dots in the sky from the bubble wrap, like little oh. circles. And I was like, <laughs> so then yeah so basically I had to bring it home and um yeah I had to bring it home and like remix my palette the exact same and like touch everything up and it took me like hours and hours it ended up being fine like the the painting looked great at the end anyways but it was still just like this oh this really <laughs> this was a learning experience don't bubble wrap your paintings when they're not <laughs> yeah. completely dry <laughs> No, no, that's good. Oh, yeah, I did not, I did not exactly. expect that. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. 
And also, I would say um, lessons, well, with social media as well. I mean, um, like dealing with the downside of that a lot of the time because, yeah, um, yeah that's something that I didn't even really anticipate, um, like learning the hard way, I guess, which, which yeah. would be like the, the difference between like constructive criticism and destructive criticism. <laughs> So yeah. just like figuring out like who's who's helpful and who's mean and like that kind of thing. The but internet is so cruel. <laughs> yeah, it can be. It can be like an amazing, beautiful, majestic place, but it can also be have its dark corners, which you have yeah. to kind of like be aware of. But you know, yeah. grow some tougher skin. So I think that that yeah, that's part of it too. But other than that, I think that um, I think that. Those are yeah. pretty much the only hard lessons I've had to learn so far. I'm Not sure there'll be bad. more in the future. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm just curious. So what, what does your direct messages look like? Like, are you able to keep up with those? Or is that just kind of a lost cause? It's a lost cause. And I feel <laughs> okay. bad because, yeah, because honestly, like, I, if I had enough time, I would respond to every single person. But it's just like, I, it basically... Yeah, it's I guess it stops at like 99 requests and then they just like pile up after that. I don't know. And like so sometimes I, I try to like I'll look through them and the ones that are, you know, actual genuine curious people that want to know about whatever, then like I'll try and help them and stuff like that. But it, basically it's a lost cause. And I and I always like tell people if they really want to if they have an inquiry or they really have like a question they want to ask me art related and everything, then please email me because I always check my emails. I'm always like on top of that. But when it comes to like my direct messages is just like, <laughs> like, you're like, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't even attempt to direct message you. I was like, Oh good. She put her email. Let's just go there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, do you have a favorite past project? So is your this is the one you went viral? Is that your favorite one? Um, no, actually. Um, so if I were to say, like, if I had a favorite project, it would be, like, one that I really enjoyed the process of making the most. So um, those, I, I really liked that painting, and I liked the, the one that I had prints made of, um, with Tim for the first time, like the Rapids painting, but like the process of making them were, you know, like a bit meticulous and, or like just tedious work, you know what I mean? Like tiny little details that um, sometimes can get annoying. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. So I would say that um, my favorite project would be like, um, I did a series of still life paintings um, after when I was at my cottage this past summer and um, it came at this time where it was like a really stressful time in my life. I just finished, um, I had my very first like solo show at a gallery and I had been working like day in and day out for the, the two weeks prior to like basically like painting my ass off. Oh, I hope you're allowed to say ass. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, we're all okay. 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 Um, yeah, just like painting, 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 trying to like build up my inventory for for this show. And I wanted to make sure that it was sellable art. So I was kind of creating with this idea in mind that I want to I'm making a product for people to buy instead of really like thinking about what is creatively driving me and that kind of thing so I was exhausted and my grandfather ended up like dying over that course of 
um, the solo show. And it was just like a very tiresome time for me yeah. and my whole family. So we went up to the cottage and, and I was just like, oh, I don't want to paint it all. But I brought like my, um, I brought a few small canvases and, um, and my paint with me, like just in case I was like, if I feel like it, I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to put any pressure on myself. And yeah. And then I ended up making like some still life paintings. And it was the first time that I've ever really done still life before. And I just painted a teapot and I painted like, I collected some wildflowers and like put it in a little like watering can. And I painted that. And then I went out and I went on like a mushroom forage and I foraged all these mushrooms and then I set them up and I painted that. And then like, I, it was honestly like, it refilled my creative well so much. It was, it was like a really great painting experience. So like so far, I think that that has been like my favorite project to work on just because it came so like authentically almost, I guess. Yeah. I'm so happy <laughs> yeah. to hear that too. Cause like art is supposed to be, that's what it's supposed to be. But a lot of yeah. times, you know, we, we do it to make money too, which is how I think of art mm-hmm. too. It's like, will someone want to buy this? And like, yeah, art as therapy almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And sometimes that's hard. Like when you turn your passion into an, your job, it's like it puts a different spin on it. And sometimes it's hard to like come back to that like really true feeling of, you know, your creativity and everything when when you're also relying on it for money. So it, this was a really nice project because I, it was like a no pressure kind of thing. And it allowed me to just, you know do my thing so <laughs> we we should all do that like we we do these little challenges in this group so maybe that should be like a challenge like do a painting for you kind of a thing that sounds amazing. yeah exactly yeah cool okay uh let's see do you, what are your future art plans or goals your up, upcoming projects you're excited for or what's going on so um well yeah i think that i'm still just evolving um but yeah for my immediate plans I'm finishing this commission and then I'm I'm gonna do a food series again because I I started um or I did like an entire kind of like food painting theme um two summers ago and I really enjoyed it it was super fun and then I kind of said okay I'm gonna stop doing that and I'm gonna explore other avenues but um, yeah, I recently bought a few um, canvases that are intended for doing some more f- food portraiture almost. Well, like still life paintings. And I'm going to do them like um, for, it's like an Austrian food series. So before I did a Canadian food series and now <laughs> I'm going to do like, you know, like some strudel and, and um, schnitzel and stuff like that. So that's what my um, upcoming project is going to be once I'm finished this commission. And yeah, as for like my future, future goals, um, I still feel like I'm figuring out like what my uh, unique voice is in the art world and and kind of like figuring out a style and um, subject matter that kind of like really works for me. I think that I'm kind of bouncing around all the time and I haven't really like narrowed in on something that um, I enjoy both the process and the product. So yeah, that's, that's my goal. 
and hopefully um, it won't take too long, but I'm not putting too much pressure on it either. I'm just kind of enjoying the process of getting there. <laughs> good. That's good to hear. And I feel like every artist too, I mean, even me too, I'm like, what do I really love? You know, still trying to like, still trying to figure it out. I feel like it's just almost yeah. a continue. And then once you find what you love, I think anyway, after a while, you're like, okay, what else is there? You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think that that's what the nice thing about like being an artist is, is that it's like always evolving. It's always like, you don't have to stick with one thing. It's, um, yeah, it's a never ending journey type of thing. So yeah, yeah. Such a, I loved your food series. And Andrea Gilson says, she goes, yes, I, I loved your, your food series, the mini series. Also, I, I really did. You, you did some pancakes and all that stuff. Do you do from a photo or do you actually make pancakes and put it in front of you? I'm curious. Oh, yeah. Well, I actually, I do make the pancakes and I do <laughs> like, yeah, the, the past, I've done two separate pancake photo or pancake paintings now. And usually it's just like, you know, um, I'll make the pancakes and then just like have be pouring maple syrup over it and like taking a million pictures at the same time. <laughs> and then I'll find like the perfect photo and then I'll paint using the photo and then, yeah, eat the pancakes, yeah. obviously. <laughs> and yeah, so that's usually how I do um, those ones because, yeah, it would be hard to paint a still life when the m butter is like melting and that kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. I like it's to, getting stale. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And that's how I intend to do the upcoming um, food project as well is just to like buy all of these foods and photograph them and I may make this one a little messier like maybe not so perfect because I think that like my last food series was really um it it was like you know your idyllic like stack of pancakes or yeah. like the most perfect butter tart and like things like that but I think that uh, this time I'm gonna kind of go a little more you know, messy, like what it would actually look like if you were to eat like a cheesy hot dog or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, I'm very much looking forward to seeing that. Uh, another question yeah. on the subject. So they're pretty small, right? They're like maybe three by three or are they bigger than that? Or, um, Well, it depends because I've done okay. a lot of different um, a lot of different sizes for my food series. So I did um, a Canadian food series a couple or last year, maybe two years ago now. Um, and that was actually 24 inches by 24. So like two feet oh. by two feet. Oh. So those, yeah, and those were big. So, um, and I sold all of the originals of those and I, I, I'm making prints of them. And so the prints are offered either that size, like 24 by 24 or 12 by 12. Um, but I also did like an entire like miniature food series where they were all like three by threes. That's what so, I'm thinking of then. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I did both like, and I've also done one, like a few other like dessert series where I did like popsicles and ice cream and things like that. And those were 16 by 16. So I kind of work in all different <laughs> sizes, but yeah. I really love the three by three ones. Cause I just thought they were so cute they with are. the miniature They're easels. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, cool. Mm. Let's see. Um, so final question. Is there any advice you would give to artists who want to make art their full-time career but just don't know where to start? Like, where's, like, a good starting point, do you think? 
Yeah, so a good starting point. Well, um, for me, um, my kind of career in art, I think, started when I got my first commission. So I think that that is a really good indicator of, um, you know, being able to sell your work because people are, you know, there's a demand for it. And obviously, if you want to be a full-time artist, then there has to be some sort of demand for um, the type of work that you're doing. So I would say that, um, well, first of all, you really need to have motivation and passion um, because, yeah, without that, it's going to be a tough journey. Um, and also discipline because, um, yeah, when you're, when you're a full-time artist, um, you're your own boss and that sounds really nice, but it can also be like stressful. You're, there's nobody telling you when you need to wake up and what hours you need to work. And so you have to be disciplined to make sure you get everything done. Um, and yeah, recognizing that you're also a business person and not just an artist. There's like this whole other side to the business. Like when I started, when I started, or when I decided that I wanted to be an artist full time, I was like, Oh, I'm just going to be in my studio painting all day and you know, rainbows (laughs) and butterflies, everything's going to be great. But then like, yeah, little do you know that there's so much else involved. And, um, so it's kind of, you have to recognize that and, um, yeah, just like surrounding yourself with people who are supportive of you because you don't want any of those toxic people like telling you that you can't do it and stuff. Like you want to make sure that you're in a network of people that are, you know, supportive. Um, But as for really starting out, I would say that the best way to do that is to, first of all, um, practice, 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 make the best, um, make the best work that you can and then and then um try doing like um art festivals and art shows and stuff like that like enter your enter your work into these sorts of things and then like you know and and kind of like involve yourself in some kind of like artistic network like for this for example like this is great for like other people to kind of like bounce ideas off of each other and and like you know pricing your work is something that I think like everybody struggles with because it's kind of like, yeah. I don't, I like, I made this. It's so hard for me to like put a price on it. I don't know. And I think it's a good idea to, yeah, like go to these art festivals and stuff and take a look at other, what other people are doing and like what, um, what their price range is and things like that. Um, yeah. Have some kind of like online portfolio because social media and yeah, websites and all those things are like so important nowadays because that's how people kind of find you and like look at your work and stuff. So I would say that's a great first step is to start um, a Facebook page or an Instagram page or a web page. Um, just like keeping all of your work so that people have somewhere where they can access, you know, and see your portfolio and what you do and, and, things like that. So I think that, yeah, I think that that's, that's what I would great. have to say. <laughs> that, that, that's a lot of, of stuff, but that's, it's all relevant. It's like, it's all very, mm-hmm. very true. It's almost nice. It's just nice to hear almost a reminder of like that. Yeah, it is. It is very disciplined kind of a thing. And we're all, yeah. like, we all, we all have to do that, that, that discipline. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. Like I wish it was, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, Andrea says, Andrea Gill says, do you plan your social media posts ahead of time? 
Um, sometimes I do. Um, if, for example, if I'm going to be away for the weekend or something, and I know that um, I know that I'm not going to have a lot of time to do my posts, then I'll I'll edit the photos and save them as drafts, and then I'll have. Um, yeah, the caption's ready and then I can just post it when I want to. I should probably do that more often because I always find myself like, you know, sitting there in the middle of a work day, <laughs> just like trying to come up with some kind of like witty comment or, or yeah, yeah, caption. So, but um, yeah, so sometimes I do that. And, but I would say most of the time it's kind of like I'll take a photo and do everything at once so like take the photo edit the photo <laughs> post the photo like yeah. all at the same time <laughs> yeah yeah good that's awesome mm-hmm. okay good to know yeah I'm, I'm always curious about that too so thanks for asking Andrea she says thank you mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> awesome well do you guys if you guys have any more questions for her um thank you so much for taking time out of your night <laughs> to yes. uh, talk with us I know I'm sh- positive that you've inspired someone which is really or someone in this group or, or someone that's going to watch later and this is what this group is about really just inspiring uh, aspiring artists and or beginner artists to really make it because it's so possible to you know to be a full-time artist yeah. I think you're a perfect example of that so thank you so much I'm so excited that I got to meet you oh <laughs> so, thank yeah. you it was a pleasure I'm very yeah. happy to be able to do this it's been fun so thank Good. you Thanks. and keep on doing this this is a really cool thing and I'm sure everybody is benefiting from it so thanks yeah I for sure this is <laughs> the, the start of something that will probably hopefully last for a while so yeah yeah right. yeah everybody says thank you and or Andrew says thank you both you're such an inspiration I totally agree oh so, yeah. thank you thank you so much I'm really yeah this is great thank you very much for having me <laughs> no problem all right well I will talk to you later I'll see you on social media later or something okay have a good night social media yeah Bye. you too This episode is sponsored by the Artist Academy Advanced Membership, a program for artists who want to up-level their art game by taking it from a hobby or a side hustle to a full-time art business. I've been a professional artist for over five years with paintings in several different countries and a client list that includes high-profile companies such as Fast Pro, O'Reilly's, Duck Commander, and many, many more. So I figured out what it takes to build an art business, and now my heart is set on teaching aspiring artists like you to do the same. Go to advancedmember.com, that's advancedmember.com to learn more. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Also, if you ever want to join us live and have your questions answered in real time by myself or featured guests, then just hop on over to facebook.com slash groups slash Artist Academy every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. And I'll see you next week.